The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour <clears throat> With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Applegar all right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, AJ Abergarth. What's up, mad scientist? <laughs> I think you're muted. Well, maybe. I am. Yes, I am. you were. <laughs> you didn't hear any of the I didn't uh, hear any of that. foul so. moutheries that were just thrown your way. <laughs> Actually, I not mean, not really not really many. Ugh. It's all good though. Yeah. I'll ingest. So. All right, man. Well, we have no guests this week. Uh so we'll just jump right into things here. Before we go go though, we'll uh I want to remind everybody, you know, please subscribe, follow us, you know, leave comments, throw those hearts, whatever you got to do, YouTube, Periscope, um, you know, leave, leave those reviews. We appreciate them uh, wherever you watch and listen. Uh, right now, we're watching the Colts and the Titans. They're nearing halftime. We did get a little late start here tonight. Uh, 17 to 10 Titans are up on the Colts. Um, honestly, n- none of the real big, big guys have scored, so it's. Not a super exciting fantasy night from a lot of people so far. Um, By week teams, big one. Chiefs are out this week. Falcons are out this week. And then the Cowboys and the Jets. I mean, the Cowboys got some big names, but they're not performing. And then, well, the the, the Jets. So we'll move on. Um, I'm ready to drink, man. Not my pee, Ryan. (laughs) I'm I'm ready to drink. So, uh, AJ, let's get on with this, man. Beer of the week. Yes, Mm, beer. All right, man. Uh, I will let you have at it. What what you got? Uh, I'm drinking some of your your favorites. The the Aslan Beer Company's Vapid Dippa, eight point seven uh, ABV. Um, I have not had that is, one yet. It is says typical recipe, regular flavor, liquid ale. Don't get excited. Um, I don't know. Sounds awesome. I mean, <laughs> let me go. Let me go run out right now and get one of those. I mean, way to sell it, Aslan. Oh, oh man, no, that's <laughs> good. That's good. I, uh, I don't think I've had this one on the show yet. Um, I couldn't read that, Jeff. You threw that up on the camera. Our producer here, grapefruit Radler from some place in Germany, Polliner. Polliner. Okay. God, you- Cultured uh, swine. Sorry, Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Toy Story. Come on. All right. Um, so I'm drinking. Uh, you know, and honestly, I accidentally opened this one up. I meant to save it for the uh, Thanksgiving week because the Ravens were playing the next night. But I accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally opened it now. But it's true. Despite what Maryland does best, uh, or what Maryland does. 
And uh, it's a big collaboration beer where I guess it's something where like all the different breweries in Maryland and even I guess a couple in in DC area um, got together and they decided we're all going to use this these ingredients and this much of this ingredient, but they're all going to brew it their own different way. So each brewery comes out with a different style using those ingredients. Uh, it's kind of a neat idea. Uh, I guess it was True Respite's turn, and then they named it this. Kind of cool because uh, we were in that Crab Cake League. So, uh, you know, it's Big Maryland. I got it and sent it out to that league DM. I don't know if you remember that. So uh, it's pretty good, though, man. I, I gave it a four on uh, on on taps. You know, just a pretty solid IPA overall. I mean, nothing like truly special about it. It's a hazy double IPA. So, you know, right up my alley of, of the ones that I like. So I am good to go with it. So. All right, man. Uh, like I said before, no guests. So let's jump right into the advice topic this week. And, you know, it, we're running out of advice. You know, at this point in the season, you know, you, you're kind of you're kind of set like you hopefully, you know what you're doing at this point. You know, there's not a whole lot to be said, um, but something Je- and Jeff, kudos to you for the idea here. You know, you, you brought up this, you know, next man up mentality, right? And, you know, a lot of people just always jump out and waste, not always waste, but they spend a lot of fab or they go out and spend their, you know, they use their, their waiver wire order on the next man up just because, you know, that's not always the best idea. Um, You got to look at, you know, how long is the starter going to be potentially out, right? And especially with running backs, right? Um, I think running backs is where people go a little crazy on it more than other positions, right? Um, which for good reason, I get it. Um, but you, you've got to look at how long is the starter out, um, and then if they're out like one or two games, who is the backup going to be going up against? You know, if you're going up against Tampa, aside from last week, or you know the Bears defense, right? Like. I may not really care to use you. Um, you can go sit on somebody else's roster and they can get your eight points um, at, if, at best. Um, you know, the, the, other, the other thing I look at is like, who is the backup? Is it anybody we honestly care about? And are we talking backups at this point in some cases too? There's a lot of times where the starter goes down and then it's like full on committee. And it's just like, nope. Nope, I want none of that because um, I'm not going to try to guess who it is. You know, we all have our we all have our, our ideals on, on who it's going to be, but there's plenty of times we're wrong, 49ers. Uh, so <laughs> I'm calling you out right now. Uh, you know, even the Chargers, you know, that's a team where we all thought it was going to be Joshua Kelly, right, when Eckler went down and ended up being Jackson more than Kelly. Um, but even then, like Jackson wasn't like blown up per se. Um, you know, there are times though when it works, right? There's a lot of times when it works and we'll get to some of those examples too. Um, but they're not always clear cut. Like it works. It's just kind of like it, you take the chance, I guess it, it works out for you, but you know, there's a lot of factors you have to look at AJ. I mean, I've got an example I want to use. I'll get to it in a minute. But like, do you have any other factors that you look at before you go run out to the waiver wire, and especially running backs? I think before before you say that, like with receivers, though, I want to say receivers are tricky, right? Like, there's a lot of guys that are going to get moved around on the offense and play like the X receiver, the Z receiver, and they may not be ready for it. 
And then you have coverage that dictates the changes because maybe the star is out, right? So, like, we saw it with Ridley. Like, when Julio was out, Ridley didn't do anything. Um, and therefore, like, the guys underneath of him did pretty well because the coverage was all on Ridley. So, like, that's the kind of thing where, like, you've got to be careful with receivers. There's a lot of variables to play there. But I'll, I'll let you say some words on, on, on what you think about this uh, next man up thing. Yeah, I, I definitely go out and uh, and take part. <clears throat> so of course we all do. I, I can't. I, yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm uh, you know free of guilt from that. But uh, you know, my my example was uh, Marvin Hall because Kenny Galladay's out, so mm-hmm. he had a nice game. You know that that first game that that Galladay went out a couple weeks ago. So he was kind of my hot pickup because I own a lot of Kenny Galladay in, in my league. So I went out, grabbed him, and, and I didn't have to spend a lot, which was nice. I mean, that's, that's the best part about doing this is finding the guys that you can get and still be hopeful for, but not having to you know blow a ton of fab on them. Um, or, or a really high waiver pick if you're in a league that, that doesn't use fab. Um, you know, some of these guys, you, you just wait, you just wait till the waiver is clear and then you can go get them. Um, because someone else is going to go out and try to get a lot of these guys, but you don't have to jump the gun. You know, like you were saying, you really have to look at where your team is. If you have enough depth on your bench, that is quality and that you're going to play over this third string guy then don't waste your time on it you know you're just making it tougher on yourself because you're giving yourself another player to look at and weigh in your starting lineup and and that's never helpful um so you know that that's kind of my my take on on that one yeah i I agree with you like when i feel like in in a lot of cases people they just they blow their load on 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 fab on some of these guys and, and we've seen it you know I, I kind of think to like Scott Fishbowl a lot too and you kind of laugh at some of the the fab money that gets spent in that league on some of these players that literally do nothing yeah. um, <clears throat> so I, bring it up not not to pick on Jeff here you know the Bears fan but the example I wanted to bring up right out of the gate here Ryan Nall right a lot of people just thinking Ryan Nall. Montgomery could be out with a concussion. Obviously, Cohen's down. What are we really expecting from Ryan Null? Like, Montgomery, I think everybody would think that he's the more talented back. Cohen's more talented. Obviously, he wasn't third, fourth string for nothing if you count, you know, Patterson. But if Null really does start, like, just because he's getting starter reps and maybe starter touches, does that make him a guy you're even going to want to throw in your flex? Like, I hope not. <laughs> like, because the Bears offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Um, Jeff pointed out on Slack today that uh, they're down to their third starter, the third center. So that's not good. Uh, they're down multiple linemen in other spots too. So, I mean, this is one where I'm thinking it's a, it's a bad idea. Like, I did not go out and get Nall anywhere. Just, I I did not pick him up at all. Um, I have Artavis uh, Pierce in a couple of leagues too that I've kind of just been sitting on because they're super deep. 
I don't know if he's going to end up finally getting some time. Uh, but don't forget about Lamar Miller. The Bears signed Lamar Miller weeks back, and he's just been working you know, on the practice squad, getting up to speed. I mean, he's close to, to getting a promotion here, and this injury could kind of force their hand. So he could jump in and play Monday night. Uh, you know, if if Nagy thinks he's ready to jump in there. So I mean, I, I'm other than that though. Like I, I'm not really looking for Ryan Nall. I mean, no. I, I'm just not really interested in. I I mean anybody other than Montgomery or, or Cohen, but he's been out for. Well, Cohen's on. I mean, Cohen's yeah, on I mean, IR, he's, so he's, he's not going to help. <laughs> so. I, yeah, I mean, but again, that's just an example, right? I mean, I don't think I'm saying that we should be going on getting all. I'm, I'm actually saying the, the opposite. Uh, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, agree dude, with you, you have opposite. to be in dire straits to be starting Ryan Nall. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, so let's jump into some next man up, you know, situations that have worked and have backfired on, on us here. And, Jump out right from the gun here, man, in very early season. And, and dude, I am so sorry to everybody. I said, don't don't blow your money on James Robinson because I just didn't believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Because he's been awesome. You know, as soon as Fournette was cut and then Zigbo obviously was out and Armstead was out, I just thought, who the hell's not, who the hell's James Robinson? I knew he was decent at, you know, in college, but Come on, this guy was undrafted for a reason, right? And I, you know, I thought the Jags were going to be really bad. They'd be playing from behind a lot and they'd be throwing a lot, and Robinson wouldn't get the touches. But man, the complete opposite has been happening. I mean, yeah, they're losing, but he's still getting a lot of work. And so that has, that was one where people like went out and spent boatloads of money on this guy, boatloads of fab on this guy, and, and it has worked out like, it, it, I mean, this is the best example we have of it working out. I mean, it's been all season too. So, I mean, yeah. he's he has basically been. I, I I'm not gonna say a league winner, but I'm gonna guess he's changed a lot of fortunes for teams that probably have had a lot of running back injuries, like everybody else has, because he's been healthy all year and performing all year. So, that is yeah. one. It's been massive, and so I mean, that's an obvious one. Another one that is kind of worked. I mean, people were were jumping on the DJ Dallas train in Seattle, and I kind of was like, eh. I mean, I didn't think Carson was going to be out as long as he has been. I thought Hyde was there, um, and I didn't think he'd be out as long as he's been. So DJ Dallas has been, you know, solid. Um, uh, but I, honestly, it's been thanks to touchdowns. His efficiency has been horrible. Um, He's kind of just fallen into the end zone a few times, and so he's really saved his weeks. Um, I think Carson's close to coming back, but we don't know if he's coming back this week now either. So, pretty unfortunate for for Carson owners. I'm I'm him on one in a couple leagues. So, yep. please come back, Carson. Please come back. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't Not know unless we... you're fully healthy, because I don't want to do this again in like right. two more weeks. Exactly, because that's what he does. So. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a couple couple of guys we had here uh, listed on on the other side is uh, is uh, Miles Gaskins. Uh, you know, Miami. Okay, you didn't really know what to expect coming into the season, 
then they go out, they get Breda, they get Howard, and you're like, okay, well, it's going to be a pretty you know half decent one two punch with these two guys. Nope, <laughs> they both sucked. Um, and Howard still sucks, and he's got starter reps right now because Gaskins is injured, and, and Breda's been injured too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Howard's, Howard's terrible. Lucky people were going that, after him last week, right? Yeah. I mean, people were going after Howard last week, and I, I know a few people that started him. Uh, thankfully, he's just getting in the end zone. I mean, that's it. That's, that's all he's got for you. That's it. He <laughs> is. He is the straight up definition of touchdown dependent. And he'd still somehow end up with four points in a game with <laughs> two touchdowns in a six-point touchdown league. That's that's Jordan Howard in 2020. Um, but yeah, Gaskins has been really good before he he went down. Um, I, yeah. I think it would be between him and Robinson as far as the the best one out there. I would lean a little more towards Gaskins because Robinson was drafted in. Yeah, some, but I don't know if Gaskins league. was like the next man up though. Like Gaskins was like the surprise mm. waiver wire pickup, right? He was like, oh yeah. wait, Gaskins is is performing. Yeah, sure, I'll take a chance on him now. Like he had he performed for a couple of weeks, and then people kind of started going in on him. People exactly. were still holding Brita and Howard for a while, and now it's like so. What this was on here for was it was in the backfired category. It was. Gaskins went down, and then Breida was out, right? Um, and so people were like, oh, I'm going to pick up Howard. He's going to get all the touches. Well, that didn't even really happen. It was like uh, Ahmed, or whatever. I don't even know yeah, his name. Salvin um, Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed. Uh, he got more touches, but Howard fell into the end zone. But it's just like, this is one where like that's a backfield that if Gaskins isn't there, I don't want any part of it. Like no. So that was the point of putting it there. Yeah. Um, and then you already mentioned Fournette. Okay, well, he gets cut from Jacksonville, and then he goes to uh, Tampa Bay, and it's like, oh, great. This is already a top-notch offense as it is. Then they brought in Brady. Now they're bringing in Fournette, you know, and, and Brady and Gronk. And it's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, everybody wants to come and hang out with the cool kids at the cafeteria in Tampa. Um, <laughs> let's go down there. Oh, but I mean, he he's not really going over Jones. I mean, so he he's totally back hit or miss, man. Since he's been uh, back, it's a total hit or miss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 was injured a little bit too. You know, he he sucked week one. Um, and of course, I bench him week two. And then he has a great game. You know, then he hasn't really done much since. So, I I think right now it's just. You know, it's still Rojo's backfield in my mind. Um, Fournette's still getting a little more involved, but he's he's still hard to trust unless it's a terrible bye week or you're just completely crushed with injuries. It's hard to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in a dynasty league and, and it's the team sort of crumbling due to injuries, so I've had to start Fournette, and it's sort of worked out the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, that Fournette and Jones situation is just sort of a like. Eh. Uh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, early on, people were all over Fournette, and that backfired big time. And it was the Rojo show, and people were people were just like throwing in the bat, throwing in the towel on Rojo, and uh, I was one of them, man. Um, and so he's yeah. been he's been phenomenal 
uh, up until the last couple of weeks where he's had to split a lot of time with Fournette, unfortunately. But uh, jumping back over to the other side here with uh, some things that worked out pretty well for you. And obviously, we, we've had Joe Mixon go down and, and Gio Bernard. And Gio Bernard, honestly, in my opinion, is just a guy. Um, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's anything special. And it's, you know, it's the reason why he keeps getting passed up in that offense for like the next thing. Uh, you know, I forget who they had beforehand before Joe Mixon came in, but then Joe Mixon came in and obviously stole the show. But, um, you know, Gio Bernard's he, he's okay. Uh, I feel like he's hit or miss, you know, whenever the starter is out. Um, and I didn't really know how long Joe Mixon was going to be out either. So I didn't really go all in on trying to get him. And I kind of regret it because Joe Gio has been, been, been really good. Um, but you know, that that's been a situation where like going and getting the next man up worked out for those, for those people that went out and got him. Uh, the last one here, and I did go after this because Jamal Williams, I felt like was sort of valuable even without Aaron Jones. So, uh, I was actually surprised to see him on the waiver wire in any of the leagues that I was able to get him in. He wasn't available in all leagues. Um, but you know, as soon as Aaron Jones goes down, I thought Jamal was easily a top 10 ish back in, in, whatever week he played. Right. And so of course, Jamal goes down too. And, and so the rest is history, but you know, that, that did work out for that short period of time for those who had to use Jamal Williams. And, and I was one of them, fortunately. So those are the situations. And, and again, like those are offenses, right. And to just kind of reiterate, like how to evaluate these is like, these are offenses that are good and they kind of lean on one running back, right? They don't split the work. Like, you knew Gio was going to get the ball. You knew Jamal was going to get the ball, right? And he was already trusted by by Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, right? Um, even with DJ Dallas, like, once Hyde went out and Carson was out, it had to be um, – it had to be DJ. Like he was the only one left. So like he's gonna get the ball. He just wasn't very good. Uh, he thankfully fell in the end zone. Um, I guess I should have saw the writing on the wall with James Robinson as far as you know the amount of work he was gonna get. I just thought the team was total crap, and that you know it was gonna be one of those situations where it's like who cares who the starting running back is? Like the team's not gonna be very good. Kind of like the Jets and James Robinson will just be crap too. But. It, he's been he's just been phenomenal. So you can finish up here with a couple of these uh, these situations where it kind of backfired on 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 people. Yeah, the other two guys we have listed for backfiring is uh, Madison in Minnesota. You know, he was the the probably number one handcuff. I feel like coming into draft season for Dalvin Cook, um, a because a holdout, b because Cook is usually injured. So he he had some good games last year, showed some flashes. He was supposed to be the automatic number one, you know, or, or RB1 for them easily. Um, he's not. He had one, one game, I feel like, and that was it. I mean, he hasn't done anything with his opportunities when, when given to him. Um, and Cook's just been a monster the past couple of weeks. I, I mean... I don't know. What does he have? Like 812 yards and, and 14 touchdowns or something. I, he's, he's got like a season's dude. worth of running <laughs> he's back. He's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So Madison has been very disappointing. Um, and then the next guy it hurts me to say it, but Boston Scott, 
I mean, he was kind of the the go-to darling that everybody caught on to what he was doing last year. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much him and, and Sanders running the show. But he was so big in the passing game and, and just getting all of those yards after the catch um, and, and just long chunks of yards last year. And he's just been pretty average this year without Sanders. And Sanders has missed a good amount of time. Um, when Sanders has been on the field, you know, he's been he's been really good for the most part. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been on the field. So, yeah, I know, you know, <laughs> you, you, you kind of expect Scott to take advantage of it again. Um, you know, last year it was Jordan Howard that went down and, and he took advantage and, and played well. Um, I, I just I mean, the Eagles offense in general has been absolute dumpster fire this year as it is so you know it's it's hard for one man we're gonna bring him up to kind of get going <laughs> but yeah so that's uh yeah it's tough that's where we're at with those so we got a we got a trade question here uh from iso only got offered Kenyon drake brandon cooks and dj moore nobody i'm excited about for zeke also not excited about <laughs> um he says his running backs are uh, Hunt and Eckler, yikes! Uh, also Rojo, and then he's got Julio Jones and Kenny Galladay as receivers, along with Deontay Johnson. I mean, it gives him a lot more depth. Um, I mean, I don't. I, I I'm kind of fifty fifty on this one. I mean, like, I don't hate it actually. Um, and I guess I guess it gives you a lot more options. You can play matchups because Zeke's been total garbage. I mean, like Drake when he comes back, is he going to be any worse than Zeke at this point? I don't think he will be. Um, and he got just Justin Jackson too. He's hurt. Rojo, Deontay Johnson. I I would do it. Yeah, I think, I think that I it's agree. a pretty good offer. Honestly, um, I think I agree. You know, you gotta you do have to look at. What else you're clearing off of your roster, though? That's the the kicker here. So, That's true. Yeah. Um. I mean, Julio and and Kenny Galladay. Galladay's been a bit of a disappointment this year since he's he's the one that's you know been injured. Julio's been injured too. So, you know, you're getting Cooks, who's surprisingly been pretty healthy this year. Yeah. Um, DJ Moore has been he's asking good. if Kenyon Drake's going to get the volume still, and I and I would say. And I would say yes, only because Edmonds didn't take that opportunity like you would think he would. And and uh, that was going to be the one of the ones that we brought up where, like, the next man up thing, right? It was tough to predict, right? You know, is there ever a next man up? Like, the Cardinals was the last one on the list here, and it was like, it was Edmonds, but it really didn't didn't really work out. But Edmonds has been okay, and actually he's been better as a pure backup. He's been better as the second running back. Yeah, um, so it's it's interesting. He says he's going to drop Slayton and Rager. I, I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I suppose. I, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't. It's a ten man league. He says so. Yeah, it's tough. There's going to be guys. Yeah, so. yeah, you'll be able to. He's make obviously up. just I listening. Mean, so, oh, you Rager, uh, Rager, I wouldn't. But yeah, so I, so we uh, done anything. I think either. we, I, I think we say do it, and then uh, oh, you know. I mean, I'm fine with Slayton. Slayton's been super disappointing. Rager is kind of whatever Alshon actually is coming back, whatever for whatever that's worth. So <laughs> nothing. Not not to spoil the rest of our show. Not that that was a big 
big thing. But uh, let's jump into the uh, receivers here for for next man up, right? Um, and I wrote, I actually. Um, so the first one here for receivers as for the ones where it worked out, right, is um, Aguilar, man. Guy who used to be on the Eagles, Mr. Alligator Arms. He um, he did pretty well there, man, for a stretch of games with, with all the rookies down. And, you know, not that Ruggs has been phenomenal, but, you know, they were depleted at receiver. It was basically him and Renfro. And that was it, man. And then Waller, obviously. But uh, Aguilar was a beast for a few weeks there, man. Kept catching touchdowns. Um, so he was he was really good. I'll jump over here to the next one. Uh, Jacoby Myers. Uh, he's been balling out with Harry and Edelman out. Now, Harry's likely to come back this week. Edelman's going to be out. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just the rest of the year at this point. Uh, yeah. But ha- Harry's coming back. Um but I mean, Myers and Cam seem to have a, a huge, a huge connection here. I mean, I think it was like fourteen targets this past week, something crazy like that. It was a lot, man. Um, so my Myers is just you know on on point there with with Cam and and you know it's hard to trust that New England offense. But I mean, if you were desperate for you know during bye weeks and things like that, and obviously wanted to pick on the Jets last week, Myers won. You know. Did did very well for people, um, so you know that that's one where it was it was hard to 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 see that coming, but it it just worked out really well. And then the last one here, you know, we just talked about the Eagles' run game not really working out. With um, he could drop Damian Harris too. Uh, I mean, Sony Michelle's supposed to be back in like two I would, weeks. I would I, drop Harris over Slayton probably. Yeah. I think I would drop Harris just, Rager, uh, honestly. At least Harris, at least Harris is getting I would like drop Harris touches. and Rager but, and keep Slayton. Yeah. Uh, no, I would drop Slayton and Harris. You'd keep Rager. Slayton's over. been terrible, dude. <laughs> Slayton's been awful. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, going back to the Philly team here. Big winner off the waiver wire. One of the biggest for receivers, I feel like, is Fulgham, right? I mean, he's been just killing it for the for the Eagles. Now, granted, he's kind of the only guy they have there. But him and Wentz seem to have something going on. And, uh, you know, it took me a couple of weeks to really kind of buy into it. And thankfully, he was available in, in a couple of leagues because it seemed like everybody was just kind of sleeping on it. Yeah. Um, but, man, he's been he's been amazing. And, like, this guy came out of nowhere. Like, I never even heard of this guy and you know you make jokes about the milkman the bread company whatever <laughs> and just uh, bread company baby right man but it's it's worked out like this is one where like the problem the, i think the reason why everybody kind of slept on this one is because we've we've tried to grab the next man up receiver in philly for like a year and a half and it just hasn't worked <laughs> so it was like Fulgham had one big game. Who cares? And then he had a second one, and then a third one, and everyone's like, "All right, fine, I'll buy into it." <laughs> and then I just started. I just started them a couple games, and was like, "Ooh, all right, I'll take seventeen points. Thank you." You yeah. know, it was it was pretty nice. So that's one where, like, I mean, it was it was hard to predict that man. So like, that one's 
you know, we talk about like when when is it the right time to to go next man up and just grab the guy. You know, when the passing game is kind of struggling as it is, they're just spreading it out. You know, I think it was just like a perfect storm with Fulgham. And, you know, maybe it'll continue only because him and Wentz seem to have a connection. But it'll be interesting to see, like, when Ertz and Goddard and Alshon and Rhaegar and Sanders are back. Like, what happens to Fulgham, right? All these guys were out when Fulgham and Wentz had a connection. Um, So we'll see. I mean, maybe it's he's finally he he's earned his spot and he's going to stay on the field. Yeah, um, it's it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens to him. But it was a perfect storm for him to get in there and and make his name. And uh, kudos to him for doing it. So I'm gonna hit up these uh these ones. You can comment on that and then move on to the backfired ones. Yeah, I, I'm, real quick, I I do think he'll keep his spot for sure. He's definitely earned it. Ertz has been not good this year and that's not all his fault um i I talked about it numerous times on the show as the season's gone on that that wentz has just missed throws to Ertz a lot this year and i don't know why but Ertz, when he has gotten open he hasn't been able to get great throws going his way so that's hurt his value as well but i think it'll be it'll be him and Ertz will be getting theirs. Uh, and they were talking about even trading Ertz, too, before yeah. he went down. So Kind of surprised they didn't, man. Even it's with still it, possible. It, it is still possible that he could get traded. Um, I, I don't know if it's as... It's not at all as likely, but, you know, they may have to wait on that. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. And if, if this offense can get clicking... It's going to be dangerous. There's just going to be options everywhere, and, and you're not going to be able to cover all of them. So, uh, moving on to the backfired here, first guy we got. We'll keep it in the uh, the NFC worst division. Steven Sims. I mean, this football teamer just kind of came onto the scene. He was he was like the hot guy to go out and get. Uh, you know, as a late sleeper draft pick. Well, after Kelvin Harmon went down, it was Steven exactly. Sims, man. Like, he was the guy. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and I bought him late in a few leagues and promptly cut him. <laughs> he, yeah, he was he was my first cut in, I think, two of my leagues. Mm-hmm. Because just not, not even worth at all keeping. Um, I mean, hell, Cam Sims, I feel like, has been better overall. <laughs> a few times. I mean, it's it's sad to have to say that, but it's like, well, yeah, you're being outplayed by the other Sims. Um, maybe maybe Washington should just you know go complete retro and call themselves Sims City. You know, mm. little throwback. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. All right. <laughs> uh, backfired. Any wide receiver on Green Bay? <laughs> I mean, not named Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Obvious. Lazar's been okay. Well, but he's played three Adams games. isn't a next man up. He is the man. So right, well, Lazard, that's what I meant. Lazard was was good. You know, he had some really good games, and then he's been down, and injury has screwed him. You can even throw Tanyan in there, man. Like Tanyan was like the hot guy for a while, and then like, yeah. I mean, tight ends a crap show. So I mean, interesting uh, with Tanyan. If you're on sleeper, he has wide receiver and tight end eligibility. That. Not and I tried to move him out of my receiver spot last week, and I could select a tight end 
to put in my receiver spot. It didn't stay that way, but no, I was like, this, something is not right here. So anyway, that was just something that was very uh, odd to me. So yeah, I mean, Lazard hopefully coming back in the next week or two. Um, and Rogers has been great. So I think that he will gain value back. Um, but everyone else has just been not worth anything. Uh, next guy we got here, Marvin Jones. Galladay, we already talked about it. He's missed a ton of time this year. Still isn't very consistent. Um, you know, if, if he's not missing time, then Stafford's missing time or not playing well. So it's just been a consistency nightmare from these guys that are usually very good with consistency ratings. Marvin Jones has never been the most consistent player, but he's been more he consistent has. than I'm, this. Oh, um, yeah. He is just baffling to me this year. Uh, I do have him in one in a dynasty league and I could at least get like four or five like monster games from him. And of course he had that two touchdown game, but it's, it's just been bad. And I don't know. I don't know. What to think. I like Stafford's not been good this year either. So that has probably a lot to do with it. Unfortunately. I mean, he's completely backfired um, on, on me and you and us. Everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, it just it's hard to trust Jones right now as well. Um, like I said, Marvin Hall came in a couple of weeks ago and he had more touches, more targets than, than yeah. anyone else on the team. Um, Hawk's been stepping up and has been really good lately, so he's kind of taken away from Jones as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to, to try to trust his touchdowns right now. Um, if Galladay misses time again this week, it was just yeah, like okay. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm good with it, but after that, it's hard, man. Uh, and then we got Miko Hardman. I mean, he's like the definition <laughs> of inconsistent. Like when Watkins went down, how many of you blew your load on on Miko Hardman? <laughs> like, not quite. But, dude, I went all in on him. I started him in one league, actually two different leagues that week. Guess how many points he got me? Zero. It was awesome. I was, like, watching Demarcus Robinson just run all over the field. I was, like, so pissed. And then the next week he scores, and then the next week he doesn't, and then the next week he scores. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm done with this. He's Sammy Watkins 2.0. Um yeah. I just I, I can't do it, man. Like that offense is very top heavy, and that's you, really the only guys you can rely on week to week. You know, you get Tyreek, you get Kelsey, you sort of get Ceh. I guess like he's getting volume, although it's not as much as with Bell there. But Bell sucks. So um, those of you who are relying on Bell, it's time to cut bait. I, I tweeted about that earlier in the week. It was I, guys I'm giving up on, and he was the top of the list. Um, yeah, it's just not worth it anymore. Um, so Hardman's right there, man. You know, it's, it's him and Demarcus Robinson and Pringle. It's just like I can't do it anymore. Yep. With Hardman, I'm done. I'm out. I was never really in on Hardman this year, anyways. I actually liked Robinson better coming in, but again, he's he's kind of the same same vein as that with you know really big time with just getting touchdowns. Um, doesn't matter this week because they're all off. 
Uh, so yeah. the last the last ones we have here is uh, pretty much anybody on the Saints. Uh, no Michael Thomas all year for the most part, and you know Traquan Smith kind of stepped up, and everybody was on like his one bandwagon yep. for a game. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe two. I mean, he had a touchdown last week, and he still didn't even hit double digits. Yeah, dude. And, yeah, and yeah. I am. 100% off of Traquan. I've been off of him for a long time. Yeah. Obviously, the, the opportunity was there when MT and Sanders were out, and he had that like one big game where he just saw like every single target Drew Brees threw. But that was it. Other than that, it was, it's was it been terrible. Um, and it was terrible last year for him. Yep. And partially terrible the year before. Like, when is enough? Like, just because Drew Brees is there doesn't mean his secondary receivers are going to be good. In fact, it's actually the complete opposite. Usually, Drew Brees throws to like one guy, and that's it. He throws to like his tight end here and there, and then he throws to Michael Thomas or you know whoever the number one is, right? And that's kind of what he's done his whole career. So why do we think because Traquan Smith is this talented guy, or we think is a talented guy, he's going to get the ball? And I- I'm done with it. So this one is back. This one backfired on a lot of people. I guarantee it did. Yeah. So, yep, indeed. So, all right, well, let's move into the uh, the big time here and go with what if I can do one of those little pictures of like I'm holding the, the thing on my chalkboard here. <laughs> totally, probably jacked that up. You are, you are not a good weatherman. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm holding, yeah, I, uh, eh, decent. No, 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 no terrible. Nah. All right. Uh, strength of schedule is what that hashtag SOS is. Not not the usual SOS, um, you know, Morse code. But uh, I mean, my hair, my hair needs help tonight. I'll, we'll go with that. But other than that, uh, strength of schedule. So this is something that I like to dig into in draft season because I'm a weirdo. I, I mean, it's just I something I weirdo, always but... look at. It's it's just there for me that I'm looking at strength of schedule to see who has great schedules in the playoffs because I just assume I'm going to get to the playoffs in all of my leagues. Not at all the case this year. Too many, leagues. <laughs> um, but yeah, and too many injuries and uh, COVID and 2020. And uh, I don't know where else to keep going with this, but strength of schedule. It's a good thing to look at, but it's not something that you need to really be as concerned with in the beginning of the season. Like I may be, um, in fact, it, it obviously potentially may have hurt me this year digging into it as much as I did, but you have to look at your rankings. You, you have to have your own input on who you want to get, get your guys first. But after that, when you start looking into these, later round pickups or these waiver wire guys, even if you are playoff bound and you want to start stashing some guys because your studs have really crappy matchups for the playoffs. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and looking at it. So what, what we've or done here is that just to, just to kind of, uh, piggyback on that. You pick up your, your your handcuffs right so like somebody yep. can't go get the next man up right especially if your starting running back who you plan on using through the playoffs gets hurt 
you don't have to worry about it. Because in the playoffs, yeah. you're starting your guys, right? You've got your guys, you're starting them for the most part, right? You might have to mix and match maybe a flex or like maybe a wide receiver three or something like that here and there. But you've got your guys. Like if you're that deep in the playoffs, you're good. You go get those backup running backs, right? And dump your bench guys that you're never going to use. And you don't even care if you get used against you, right? Like, you're not stashing players at this point, hoping that they're going to blow up. Like, that's not going to happen at this point. We're, you know, at that point when it's going to happen, you're in week 12, right? Who cares? Um, You're setting yourself up to win in the playoffs. So, you know, you look at some of these guys' backups. They're still available. And if your starter goes down, you want to use them against a Jets team or something like that, and they could just get absolutely run on, right? So, yeah, I hear you. So, yeah. So, what we did here is uh, I, I broke it out uh, by basically running back and receiver because that's that's who you're really looking at as your your depth plays. Um, you know, quarterbacks you can look at as well, uh, but. You know, well, we, we've talked about how this year, you know, and I'm not talking super flex or, or two quarterback leagues here, obviously, but in your single quarterback leagues, more and more people have been drafting two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks um, or stashing quarterbacks specifically for playoff matchups. I love doing it for playoff matchups, but that's usually it in redraft. Uh, or I'm sorry, in uh, one quarterback leagues. So looking at the running backs here, and I've I've listed these teams out. Well, we did favorable and then non-favorable matchups through the rest of the season. So from from this week on through week sixteen, um, which is the majority of league's uh, final championship game, got basically two to three teams for for each running back and receiver. So the first one we have here for favorable matchup. We just got done talking about them, Miami. Um, you know, Gaskins obviously still out. Howard, non-existent. Breda, who knows? Um, you still got Patrick Laird. Okay, cool. Why not? <laughs> yeah. um, the next three weeks are kind of meh for them. They've got the Chargers this week, who are middle of the range, uh, middle of the league against running backs. Then they got they go to Denver. That's their worst matchup. Denver's ranked fifth, and and all of this information is coming from our friends over at Fantasy Alarm. Um, so check them out, and uh, always good information over there. Can't go wrong. Uh, then they get the Jets. Okay, you think great the Jets? That's a great matchup. Well, Jets are actually kind of middle of the road as well. But then for week thirteen on, they have Cincinnati at home who was ranked 23rd. They got Kansas City, who was near dead last, also a home game. Then they have New England, also a home game in your semifinal games. And shockingly, a terrible run defense. It, a horrible run like, defense. Like, I looked at it the other day, I was like, whoa. <laughs> they are not at all good. And it's, maybe it's because Kyle Van Noy left. I don't know. Or Dante Hightower is out this year. That's part of it. Um, then they, they have their final game in week 16 for the championship is in Las Vegas, who is ranked second to last. So that is a great, great run for your need to get my seeding and carry me through the playoffs. Yeah, now, again, honestly, dude, 
like so so these these strengths of schedules in my opinion especially are, are super valuable this week and maybe next week for a few leagues yeah trade date trade deadlines are up so you've got to go get these guys to put yourself in the position so it depends right you want to look at weeks Maybe you need to set yourself up to get into the playoffs. You need to look at the next three weeks, right? Or if you're really good and you're in the position to be, make the playoffs for sure, you want to look at those playoff weeks to set yourself up for the best possible way to win, right? So right now, player owners who have Gaskins might not, you know, might not be in a good position. They just need they need bodies, right? Maybe you can yeah. go out and get him, and your playoff schedule is money in the bank, dude. Like, it is awesome. Not that Gaskins is like a, he's going to like home run you the league, but like, dude, he gets four bottom 23 run defenses in a row to end the season. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, that's I mean, what this conversation is all about. Yeah, and these it, are the things that you need to look at. Like, I know AJ, better. you you look at this stuff super early on, and the reason why I don't look at it during draft time, not, not that I don't, you know, I do kind of put it into my rankings a little bit, but I don't go crazy with the schedule. I don't like yeah. draft a guy totally based off like their playoffs, because who would have thought the New England Patriots were one of the worst run defenses? Nobody. Who would have thought the Chiefs were going to be one of the worst run defenses? Probably nobody. Yeah. Like nobody would have thought that. Who would have thought we're going to talk about them in a minute? Minnesota was going to be one of the worst defenses in the league. This defenses change in teams in general. Like everything changes so quickly in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I don't harp on this stuff so much during the draft time. I look at it around this time of the year every year because I think who are the guys I want to get to position myself to make the most of my season. So exactly. You can move on. All right. So the next uh, next team we have here that is a favorable matchup for running backs again. Talked about your your boy here, Jeff, Ryan Nall. Mm. Coming in hot, got Minnesota. <laughs> Big thumbs just down. outside of the you know the top or worst twenty teams, I guess. Um, sitting at nineteen, then they have the bye week. So okay, that that doesn't help. But after the bye, you're hoping Montgomery gets back, and he's going to be at Green Bay, who's twenty second ranked. Yep, home against Detroit. And Houston, they're 25 and 28th, respectively. And then again at Minnesota in week 15. And then at Jacksonville, who's 21st in uh, in playoff week, uh, championship week, sorry. I mean, that's four more teams in 21 or, or lower. And the other two teams that they play, 19. I, I mean, that's they may even have it better than Miami. I think it's close. Uh, it's I mean, close you, because that yeah. Denver matchup hurts, but then you have a bye week. The rest so, of the I mean, season maybe, but if you right count this playoff time, I think I think Miami's got that one. Yeah. So although if we're just counting playoffs, I think our big boys got this one. Playoffs <laughs> is a very Oh man, we talked about this early beneficial. on in the year too, actually. Yep, we did, and I had to revisit it here. So I'm only mentioning playoffs 
this is Tennessee. This is Derrick Henry. This is why I drafted Derrick Henry first round, you know, mid to, you know, five, five to eight. I was all over Henry above a lot of these other guys. Uh, And part of this was why, but because he's a monster and he's been so good. In the playoffs, week 14 to week 16, he's at Jacksonville, again, 21. Then they come home for Detroit, again, 25. And then they're at Green Bay, 22. So three of the same teams that Chicago faces. And by the way, Derrick Henry, a little bit better than Ryan (laughs) Nolch. Maybe just Uh, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a bit. And and Montgomery. I mean, Montgomery's (laughs) been better this year. Uh, but no, nah. yeah, Henry, Henry's a monster. He's he, dude, he's gonna sorry. he's gonna rush for six hundred yards in those three games. It's gonna be absolutely yeah. crazy. It's Although it's gonna be ridiculous. Oh, thank you for that so, one. I should have played the Colts. Would they get a pick six or something? Did I miss it? Ah, uh, crapola. All right, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't even know. My, my I'm bad in that league anyway. The deserve. remote's out of reach. I, I deserve so I can't it. Even put the game on. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So. so you finish up here with Tennessee and to start with them on this not favorable list here. So yeah, they're they're Jekyll and Hyde for this whole conversation of yeah, running so back. If you need Henry to make you get 16. you into the playoffs. You might be you might be struggling. If you need Henry to get into the playoffs, correct. You are possibly struggling tonight, Indy. And they're at home. Uh, wow, well, shit! I didn't write at. Yeah, I think they're they're at home. I mean, he's got seventy-one yards. It's not bad. So I mean, he's doing okay. Yeah, they're yeah. they're at home tonight. Yeah. So Indy, second-ranked defense. Oh, next week, let's just go ahead and go to Baltimore, number one ranked, tied tied for number one ranked defense against running. Oh, and then let's just let's just keep the party going and just go back to Indy. And face the number two defense again. Yeah. And then they get a nice little, uh, you know, tune up against Cleveland, who's sitting at 20 before that nice run in the playoffs. So, again, you're starting Derrick Henry. If you own Derrick Henry, I don't care what the numbers are. The 2-1-2, it sucks. You got to temper your expectations, but you're still starting your stud. I mean, yeah. that's what we have to. I mean, he's got 71 yards tonight. He hasn't gotten in the end zone, but he's got 71 yards. So, I mean, they're, they're, and that's what that offense is. They rely on him regardless. So it's just tough for him. So, um, yeah, finish off here, man. I know you got Buffalo and KC in the. Yep. In the yeah, knocker. so not favorable running backs. Again, Buffalo, KC. Uh, Buffalo is at Arizona this week. Then they're on the bye. Then they get the Chargers. Again, they're ranked 13th. San Fran. Seven Pittsburgh also tied for one Denver again five, but you have a nice matchup in your championship game if you have other running backs that aren't going to help you because of their matchup. It's tough. Uh, Buffalo doesn't against, have a whole lot of running backs. Yeah. I'm I'm looking I'm not looking forward to starting Moss and, and Singletary most weeks. So um, that's going to be tough anyway. Yeah. So. New England is that one. Then KC, obviously, by this week. Las Vegas is a great matchup coming out of the bye. But then you see uh, four top seven defenses in your next five games. Tampa, 
Denver, then at Miami, which is the worst run defense, then at New Orleans and back home against Atlanta, seven rank in uh, in championship game. So not not great for CEH and uh, Love Bell. So you want to hit up the receivers here? Yeah, man. Uh, so you don't have the right stats here the, for him. So give my computer a little reach around here but, and find my plug. <laughs> All right. So yeah, well, um, Cleveland uh, is the first up here for a favorable schedule. So you know, Houston obviously easy to go on. Philly got Jacksonville, Tennessee sort of toughish. Baltimore's tough, so they got two kind of tough games right in the middle start of the playoffs there. I mean, and then and then you finish with the Giants and the Jets. So, you know, if Baker and, and company can can get their shit together, then um, I, mean, I think, you know, you're looking at a good finish for guys like Landry and, and maybe Austin Hooper, who's coming back. You know, he was starting to click late there. You know, maybe Higgins gets, you know, gets in on the action. Obviously, we got Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, as a guy, not a receiver per se, but you know, he's a pass catcher for that, for that offense big time. So you're looking at those guys there for sure. Philly, I mean, not, I mean, nobody's really loving his offense. Obviously, you know, we like Fulgum Rager sort of coming around. I mean, who, maybe, maybe the, the tight ends get in on this action. Not, you know, I know we're talking about receivers, but you know, the, the tight ends on that offense basically are receivers. So I think it sort of counts. Uh, but you know, we got the giants who, we all know you can get pick on. Uh, Cleveland's been sort of hit or miss every week. Seattle's been atrocious, dude. Like they're the team I pick on every week at DFS when it comes to like trying to stack Russ or the other quarterback with receivers and stuff like that. Green Bay has been good um, for against receivers uh, overall, thanks to uh, Alexander there. Um, but. I mean, they have had a couple like big games against them, but overall, they're kind of a team where you're like, eh, I don't know if Philly's going to do a whole lot against them. New Orleans, I'm kind of interested to see what direction New Orleans goes in the rest of the season. We saw how dominant they were against Tampa Bay, but at this point of the season, if you look at them, they, they've been terrible. Um, but they dominated. They're getting healthy on off on defense, and I think that's making a difference. Like their defensive line is getting healthy, and that's making their secondary so much better. But uh, you know, if it, if it stays the way it is now, New Orleans is a is a team you can pick on. Uh, Arizona, their secondary sort of good, so uh, that's not as great as I would have thought. Uh, but then they finish with Dallas, so that is, that is easily one you want to pick on. And then you go to Arizona. Um, Arizona's got Buffalo kind of in the middle. I think they've been good and bad Seattle really good. So that's going to be a, a shootout game again. Uh, you got new England who's been, I mean, their secondary is supposed to be the strong suit, but it's been kind of picked on the last few weeks. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. The Rams are supposed to be good, but they've had some big blow up games against them too. But I mean, the new England Rams game are probably the worst ones on this, on this docket here, but then they finished with the giants, the Eagles and the 49ers and the 49ers. have just been decimated by injuries, um, you know, they should be much, much better, but I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to see D hop have his way here with this schedule here for the most part. Um, yeah. a- any thoughts there with any of those? No, not really. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I like Arizona's lineup. A- anytime you can go against Seattle, it's helpful. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think that they're gonna they're gonna be pretty good the rest of the way. And Cleveland would have been good, better if you had OBJ, you know, healthy, but him being out hurts. So yeah, absolutely. So then the 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 schedules that aren't so favorable. We're looking at Tennessee again. They they kind of hit both sides here. Obviously, the the Indy Baltimore Indy stack here kind of really crushes them. Uh, Cleveland again, then Jacksonville, then Detroit, then Green Bay. But again, like Green Bay's pass defense isn't bad. Detroit's getting run on; they're not getting passed on a lot. Um, Jacksonville is pretty easy. Cleveland can get passed on, so those are at least two somewhat good games. But the Tennessee passing offense here might struggle down the stretch. Um, and you know we're seeing it tonight. It's not really doing a whole lot. AJ Brown owners, me included, are cursing at the TV. If I could, um, <laughs> Houston is the last one here. They get Cleveland, New England. You know they, they should get better. I would hope. Again, Detroit is another one here where you know that they, they don't let up a lot of yards in, in the air just because they get gashed on the ground. Um, although it might be different for Houston just because they don't have much of a run game, to be honest, even if David Johnson's there, like who cares? Um, then they get Indy, uh, Chicago, Chicago's just a tough defense all around. Then they get Indy again. So that's a bad stack there. And then if you happen to make it to week 16, you get Cincy. So that's good. Um, but (laughs) it's it's not, it's not great to finish up here for, uh, for in, for, uh, Houston here. Um, so again, like, this information is out there just for you to look at and digest for your upcoming trades. Hopefully you're, you know, you're active in the trades. Like that's how you're going to win your leagues guys. Like you could get really lucky and just have a stacked team or whatever, but you really want to make your teams better. Like you need to be active on, on, on the trade market. We've mentioned that a few times here. So uh, let's knock out these injuries. What do you think, man? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So guys, we know that are out uh, Christian McCaffrey, Came back and looked like a baller, but hurt a shoulder on the last drive. Uh, he's definitely out this week. He might return next week after a second opinion gave more optimistic news. Whatever that means. Um, Mostert is out this week as well. Uh, not a huge surprise there. Quarterbacks, Big Ben on the COVID IR due to close contact with somebody who who tested positive. If he tests negative all the rest of the week, he can be activated on Saturday in time to play. So that's good news there. Um, Minshew is likely out with that thumb injury that we've spoken about a few times here. Uh, Running backs, Kenyon Drake ankle, limited practice here. So again, those of you who are maybe hoping to start Edmonds, you know, you got to Keep an eye on that Drake injury. If he's in, I don't, I don't know if you want to trust it or, you know, maybe he's a flex. I don't know. It definitely drops his value big time. Uh, Mark Ingram ankle did not practice today, so he's unlikely to go, in my opinion. Joe Mixon did not practice, so that's that's actually kind of surprising. There was a lot of talk that Mixon was going to be coming back uh, this week. Chubb will return. What do we do with Hunt, man? Like, Hunt, Hunt's been, you know, a guy that everybody was really looking looking to be like an RB one automatic when Chubb was out, but he wasn't really doing it. Um, I mean, I is it weird to say that Hunt was actually better as like the complimentary back, same as like Edmonds almost. Yeah, I'm still starting Hunt regardless. Um, you know, 
Chubb could return and he could still be feeling some, you know, some of the ill effects of the injury. So they may try to ease him in a little bit because of how good Hunt's been. Um, but even when both of them were fully healthy, Hunt still had plenty of, you know, startable value. So I, I don't have an issue with it. I'm starting him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, David Johnson's questionable with a concussion. He didn't practice today. Justin Jackson, doubtful with a knee, didn't practice today. Uh, Matt Breda, questionable with a hamstring. He was limited, so maybe we see him. Uh, Damian Harris, questionable with a chest and ankle. He was limited today. Devonta Freeman, questionable with an ankle. He was limited. He's kind of trending in the right direction, at least. Miles Sanders, Woo! Finally, uh, questionable with a knee. Full practice, so I think he's he's looking good, man. Chris Carson, a guy who I kind of thought was going to come back this week, um, questionable with a foot. Did not practice today, and then David Montgomery with that concussion that we've brought up a few times. He did not practice today, so have right. at it, man. Okay, so receivers, we already talked about Kenny Galladay. Uh, he is doubtful at this point with this hip injury. Did not practice. Alan Lazard is questionable now. Um, Core could play. Uh, Cooper Cup, questionable with the oblique. He was limited. Jerry Judy, questionable with a shoulder injury. Also limited. Uh, and his teammate, Tim Patrick, is uh, also limited with a hamstring injury. Um, you got LaVisca Chenault, questionable with a hammy. He is limited. Uh, Nikhil Harry, we already talked about, still questionable, still dealing with these concussion symptoms. He's he probably was limited. Back, though. Yeah, he was limited in practice, but I, I would guess he finally comes back this week. Uh, you know, what he actually does is to be determined, but. You know, who knows? Uh, Michael Thomas, questionable again, still dealing with ankle and hammy issues. He did play last week, finally, um, but he was limited. So I could see this kind of carrying on for another couple of weeks until he's back to health, I guess, full health. Uh, Sterling Shepard is questionable with a toe and hip. He was limited. Alshon Jeffrey, you mentioned, is questionable with the calf, but he was a full participant, so we could finally see Jeffrey back on the field this week. Uh, Debo Samuel is questionable with a hammy, did not practice, and Allen Robinson is questionable with a knee injury, and he is limited. Uh, tight ends, we got Austin Hooper is expected to return coming out of the bye, so... That uh, that hurts all your uh, Harrison Bryant's uh, stocks. And then uh, Noah Fant is also questionable with ankle injury, but he was a full practice participant. So, uh, you know, with him, Patrick and Judy all questionable, it's uh, it's tough to, to see them. So let's see what we can get there. So let's finish it out here and get into our week nine picks. Week ten. Sorry, I didn't change the label on the so, slides. Uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh, um, not quite. Nah. So yeah, sleepers again. Quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Bus quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Uh, we'll start with our sleeper quarterbacks. Anybody outside of the top fifteen on the fantasy pros ECR? Who you got, man? I'm digging deep here. And I'm going back to uh, the washball washball football teamers. Um, <laughs> Alex Smith, 
I mean, look, he had a, he had a rough game last week, three interceptions. But how long has it been since the guy has really played, you know, full game action? A long time. So he's going to have some rust, and uh, he's got a really nice matchup this week against Detroit. So I, I think he can rebound big time. Who you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm going back to Drew Locke. I know we just mentioned all the questionables, but, uh, I think, I think all these guys play, honestly, maybe Patrick sits, but I mean, they got Hamler back as well. I think fans going to be good. They, they lost the other tight end. So fan could eat honestly. Um, but you know, Judy, Judy seems to be really rounding into form here at the middle of the late season here. Uh, Drew Locke's been, been balling lately. And we, we, we met, you mentioned him last week and I, and I wanted to pick him too, but I, you picked him first. So he gets a good, good tasty matchup again. The Raiders, as we mentioned, they allow the seventh most points to quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, maybe they go down by, by 15 or so again. And, and Drew Locke's got to have a second half, like, huge game so uh that's, that's where i'm going so re- running back is anybody outside the top 24 in the fantasy pros ecr where are you? all right i'm going with uh phil Lindsay. i'm going to keep it with with uh Denver right. there i like he's it. been getting a little bit more work you know las vegas garbage uh so I, I think again if we've got all of these receivers that are questionable i agree that Probably all of them will play, but if any of them are limited at all in the game, why not go to your trustworthy running back and get the ball to Lindsay? Yeah, I like Lindsay more than Gordon at this point, but it's unfortunate the coaching staff, you know, is still just going to feed Gordon the ball a lot too. So, yeah. um, Mine's going to be Gus Edwards. I know I said him last week and it didn't quite work out as well as I think I had hoped, but, um, you know, Ingram's likely out again this week. This would all change if Ingram plays because then Edwards is going to see like five carries. So what are you going to do? Uh, but, I mean, Gus Edwards, the as we just mentioned, the Patriots are shockingly bad against the run. I was like just mystified by how bad they are against the run. I was, I was like, whoa, I don't know they're that bad. I, I knew they weren't that great, but 25th? Damn. Um, so, I mean, Gus Edwards could literally just – bust a couple big ones here and, and, you know, fall in the end zone, red zone type thing. So I I like him this week. Uh, Receiver, anybody outside the top 36? Uh, Give me some corn on the cob, baby. Randall Cobb. Cleveland is such a juicy matchup, you know, even coming off of their bye week. I think this could be a pretty high scoring game, honestly, um, with both defenses just being kind of middle of the road. But, uh, I, I like Cobb this week. I think he can have a a, a nice uh, nice breakout game again. Yeah, uh, mine is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he's back at it this week after coming off the COVID IR. Uh, we saw Debo's unlikely to play again, so all the passing targets should go his way uh, for the most part here. The same secondaries, they've been exposed for the most part of the season. I mean, with the exception of last game where they, they owned Tom Brady. It was pretty incredible. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think IU can can make some noise here. So, uh, we're going over to bus quarterbacks. Anybody inside the top 12, who you got? Big Tom. Tom Brady. <laughs> Dude, I think Tom Brady's going to be pissed and he's going to own it. I'm sorry. I don't agree with you here. You can disagree with me all you want, but Carolina is still very good against the opposing quarterbacks. 
and before last week's absolute crapshoot dud against New Orleans, uh, Big Tom's week two matchup against Carolina was his worst outing of 2020 so far. Fair so enough. Was I that the other that game he didn't have Evans or Godwin, though? I forget. It's quite possible. Yeah. So quite possible. I don't remember, but yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to, I think that team's going to come out and just absolutely demolish him. Just going to say, um, mine's Justin Herbert. I mean, it's tough to say it, man, but because he's just been killing it, but Miami has been on fire lately on, especially on D man. I just have a bad feeling about this game. I mean, like if you, if you have him and you know, you're, you're, you're picking between him and like, I don't know him in like I'm trying to think of a starting quarterback who you probably drafted ahead of him and you're just going like well I'll start Herbert instead like yeah I mean maybe you just do it uh, maybe you just start Herbert but Miami's been good man and they've just been crushing teams on these so um, Herbert could be a disappointment this week so watch out for that uh, running backs inside the top 20 for bust my running back bust this week is going to be Mr. Josh Jacobs. So Jacobs had himself quite the game week one, three touchdowns again against Carolina, who sucks against the run. Good against pass, sucks against the run. Um, but since that game, he only has three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He, and, and two of them came against Kansas City. So that's a lot of weeks without seeing the end zone. Yeah. Um He's been absolutely non-existent in the passing game overall this year and, and really in the last two weeks. I mean, he's been not at all involved. Um, I know he had over 100 yards a couple weeks ago. It was best game of the season, but yeah, I'm just not on uh, I'm not on Jacobs this week. Yeah, Jacobs has been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, he's been okay, but mostly... Not you know not what we were expecting, but reminds me of Mike Davis. I know people are going to be you know all over him, especially DFS. I mean, he's like a must start in DFS. He's like 4K again because everybody expects CMC to play. Um, but I mean, if you look back at the couple of weeks before CMC came back, Mike Davis was pretty pedestrian. Last week he was actually the same pedestrian with CMC there. So what does that say? Um, and now he's got to go against that Tampa Bay front who just got destroyed last week. So uh, they're going to be angry, and they're they're still good. So I'm expecting Mike Davis not to be as good this week as people expect. So uh, wide receiver here. Anybody inside the top 24 bust? Top 24 bust. I'm going with uh, Metcalf and or Lockett. I mean, the Rams are super, super solid against opposing receivers. Um, I mean, these guys are still going to get plenty of targets coming their way, but they also have Jalen Ramsey coming their way. You know, one or both of these guys somehow. So I'm all over it. Or or not all over it, but I'm all over them being my bust this week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm more Lockett bust than Metcalf, I think. But yeah, just because Lockett doesn't, see, Lockett's not as uh, physical, and he can't just like dumb, dominate. But anyway, um, Thielen is my bust receiver. I mean, 
The Bears secondary is just legit. I don't know what else to say. And if the Vikings are going to move this ball at all, it's going to be on Cook again. That's just what they've been leaning on and what they should be leaning on. Uh, Thielen, you know, if anything, he gets like a play-action pass, like deep ball. But that's going to be it, I think. Thielen's going to be kind of nothing this week, unfortunately. Uh, tight end streamer, we use the Yahoo ownership percentages, 50% or less. Where are you at? I'm sticking with VT, baby. I'm going Logan Thomas. Because Alex Smith, that's, yeah, that's all I got. I, I might be raising this up to sixty percent next week. It's getting real bad. How well, looking at there's two guys and then it's seventeen buys and it's like, yeah, oh, okay. right. It's it's really bad. So uh, I went with Jordan Reed though. I know he came back last week and didn't do a whole lot, but I mean he'd been out for a while. The one thing I look at though is the two games earlier in the year when Kittle was out, he saw six and eight targets combined, and this receiving core is still pretty banged up. They're missing Debo. Um, I know they're getting Ayuk back, and that helped big time. But Reed, I think, is going to get more involved this week, and um, that's you know, again, the Saints. They're, they're bad against receivers. They're also really bad against tight ends. So Reed could could you know see five six targets again, and you know maybe get in the end zone. So. Uh, defenses, right. same thing, 50% or less. I'm going right at the cusp here, um, and, and I'm going to go with the, the L.A. Rams uh, again. I mean, I think that they've been they've been up and down this year defensively, but at home, they've been pretty good. Uh, so I think I'm going to stick with them. It's going to be a, a very tough game. This is always a really good game. You know, knockdown, dragout game between Los Angeles and Seattle, but yeah, and, and most of the time it's a little bit higher scoring. But I think this year could be different. Uh, so I'm going right back to the Washington football team. I mean, this is a team where you know, if you're trying to stream, they're they're a good one. They also get the Lions this week, and their offense isn't really really firing on all cylinders, especially with no Galladay. You know, Washington. You know, last week they gave up you know a bunch of points. It wasn't it wasn't a good a good week for them. But they still got five sacks. So, yeah, they got you zero for the points, but they got you five for sacks. That's not that's not terrible. Um, I don't think they're going to give up, you know, the points that many points to the Lions. And so, you know, you might be sitting pretty right there. And, you know, the secondary can can, uh, you know, can pick a couple as well. So um, you, you're, you're picking them for the sacks, though, and just kind of the safe floor, I feel like. So that that's a good one. All right, man. Uh, that's all we got for this show. Indianapolis has taken the lead off of a punt, blocked punt, and I'm pissed because I benched him in one league and uh, decided to go pick up another defense. Hopefully tomorrow I get one because <laughs> I don't have another one yet. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad it's a bad, uh, bad week for me. So, uh, All right. We got, we got one last... Uh, question here on the youtuber uh from type xander is more and kirk for a rob a good trade i'd do that a robinson uh, if i'm getting I the a rob side i'm doing it yeah I, I think so too i only i i don't want more and kirk i want a rob so whichever side you're getting that's that's the side i want so i will reply to it just in case um so good, good deal, good catch on that. I didn't see it. So, yep. hi man. Um, that's all we got for the show. I will uh, 
Good luck to everybody in week 10 and see y'all later. All right. Peace.